welcome to Mommy. Miss Mama says bad words. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I, I did it. Good job. Finding the right jeans is hard. Accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high-rise or low-rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body-confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans. Welcome to season four of Mom Jeans. This season is called the Bite Size Education Series, where we give you quick bits of science and psychoeducation to help you in your journey towards body respect. This season, we will be answering your listener questions and interviewing amazing experts to expand your knowledge. So get ready for easily digestible, pun intended, pieces of education in podcast form. All right, welcome back to another episode of Mom Jeans. We are in our Bite Size Education series, and we are going to touch on a listener question today and hopefully give a couple little nuggets and bites of education in the process. I love the I love the puns here. We're giving bites in our Bite Size Education series. Here we go. Oh, we're so funny. We're so funny. Okay, here's the question. Dear Mom Jeans, I am over it. I'm over it. I have dieted for literally my entire life. I was put on a diet by my parents as a kid and have just continued that cycle throughout my entire adulthood. Now that I have given up on dieting, I feel lost and very scared about the unknown as well as what my future holds. Am I capable of doing life without dieting? One of the main reasons that I am rejecting dieting is for my kids because I don't want them to grow up with the same lifestyle that I had, but I feel pretty lost. What is next? Help, wandering parent. Well, this is such a great question. I think both Tina and I will both be able to share our insights because I definitely have some thoughts on the psychology of where dieting fits into our life emotionally. And I think Tina will absolutely be able to talk on the nutrition concepts here. So I will start us off. I really hear in this listener question that dieting has fit a very large purpose. It has been a sense of identity, whether or not that's a good identity or not. It's been just very forming as far as our personality, our identity, and our goals each day. So when you step back and take a look at what does life mean without dieting, basically you're looking at, I now have a void in my life. I now have a void in my day and I lack some structure and I lack some concept of purpose. So basically what we're looking at is how do I shift what drives me each day? How do I find purpose and structure without dieting? I think dieting usually has been also a coping skill for emotional distress or avoiding underlying problems that are overwhelming. 
So working with a therapist and doing some deep digging and journaling on what are some of the underlying issues that I have been avoiding and using dieting and this purpose and this daily structure to distract myself or to avoid dealing with is kind of where we look at how dieting has fit in from the psychological perspective. Sometimes with people who have dieted their entire life, there's a lot of safety in dieting. It feels like I know the rules to follow. I feel like things are structured. I feel like I have a common common goal here, and that is to change my body. And if I let go of that, this is like a huge, wide, unknown area. So I really validate that this is very identity-shaking to kind of give up this concept of dieting. But I also think that that is the beauty of letting go of dieting. You're actually starting to figure out who your authentic self is and what your authentic life looks like. And you are way more than your body. So you've basically spent years, decades maybe, according to this listener, not really developing a massive part of who you are. And so I think there is a lot of beauty and open doors when we let go of the dieting. I think such a major part in what you have brought up is this aspect of control and it's almost like instructions, right? On what you need to do. And let's say those instructions were given to you as a kid, right? Like this is how much you eat. This is when you eat. This is when you stop. These are foods that you can have. These are foods that you can't whatever that diet has looked like, you have been trained to follow these instructions. And so for this parent that's writing in, they have been taught these instructions from such a very young age. And what my like heart hurts for this person, because what I hear in that is that they weren't given the chance to learn how to trust themselves it's not even how to trust their body, but how to trust their intuition, how to, how to trust choices and cravings and everything that comes along with body attunement. And so it really makes sense then as an adult, when you've been following these instructions and that those instructions are now thrown in the trash, why you're confused. And so if you're finding that you're really confused, hey, it makes sense. I think another point that Rachel was bringing up was really like, who are you without dieting? Who are you without these set of rules or instructions? I think one thing that I find with a lot of my clients is like, okay, I'm rejecting the diet mentality. I'm on board for this you know, anti-diet, weight-inclusive philosophy, but I don't know what to do with myself. I don't have hobbies. I don't have really genuine friendships. I don't trust my body. I don't know how to eat. And so this like massive question mark and the, you know, unknown is terrifying. And I understand that. And so it it really is just going to take some time And I really would encourage support because we can't do this process alone, especially if you had been following these instructions as a kid and now as an adult are entering into this like freedom unknown land for the first time ever. I think you bring up a good point, which is the hobbies. 
I think dieting can become a hobby. Like every night you're thinking about your meal plan and you're focusing on recipes and you're going to the gym or exercising or whatever. And very often people kind of come to me and we have a conversation about, I want you to make a list of who you are, what you care about, and what in your life you want to improve or change or just explore, but nothing about your body or movement or exercise or weight can be on your list. And the list is very hard sometimes for people to come up with because their entire life has revolved around this chronic dieting and physical change, improvement, quote unquote, is what people usually think it's called. But it's really this kind of obsession and fear of what happens if I let go. In the listener question, kind of the beautiful thing that I hear is that there's some external motivation here, which is the kids, right? Like, hey, there's this bigger motivation of I'm really trying not to pass on this diet legacy to my kids. And so uh, this is really motivating for me to do the work because guess what? It's going to be really hard. There's going to be points where you're like, this doesn't really seem like I'm reaping any benefit, (laughs) right? Because I'm uncomfortable. Maybe my body is changing. I don't feel like I'm connected to my body. There's so many different you know, learning points, but if you can come down to this like greater purpose, which is, yes, I'm doing this for myself, but ultimately I'm doing it really for my kids as well. So they don't have to be my age and relearning all these things over again. Kids are definitely a great motivator. And often we are more motivated to change things for the sake of our kids and for ourselves. So that is also something else to process in therapy. (laughs) All right. Give us the nutrition angle here. Tina? Well, yeah. So I think that some things I was going to bring up like, okay, these are some topics that people will come into session about if they're and, and wanting to talk about if they're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to reject the diet mentality. What do I do first? And so some things that I first like typically inquire about is like, well, what's your current relationship with food like? What are some struggles? What are some positives? What do you feel like, um, you know, you want to work on? And a lot of people will basically not really know what they like to eat. They can't connect to their hunger fullness. They, They don't know how to listen to their body. They don't trust their body. They're extremely fearful of weight changes, Um, and they don't know how to feed themselves or their family. And so we'll, we can work on really tangible aspects of that. Like an example could be like, let's make sure that you're eating throughout the day, you know, every couple of hours, macro balance, carbs, proteins, fats, colors that you're hydrating. Um, is it appropriate to engage in gentle movement? Are you tuning into your body and leaving space for eating or are you eating on the go? Like, There's just kind of these really basic frameworks, but while that can all really exist, people can still manipulate that. They can still eat frequently throughout the day, but still be engaging in the diet mentality, which is I'm still following the rules, right? I'm still counting the calories, counting the points, eating super safe things, not allowing myself to eat 
foods that are satisfying or that I'm craving or that are for emotional purposes, right? And so I think like with that, we have to dig deeper and debunk all the myths, all the distortions, dig into the concepts, honor true value systems around the food. And so with that, you know, I could literally see someone in session for years and we would have stuff to talk about because there's so much there's so much information out there that's distorted and I'm sure there's so much information that has been projected onto us that they're really this therapeutic work in regards to nutrition and body and movement can can take I could literally meet with someone for the rest of their life if, if needed, right? Like there's so much to talk about. That's what I was hearing when you were talking. Like you gave such lovely, you gave such a lovely long list of all these new <laughs> theories and mentalities to kind of embrace. But I think for someone who has relied on structure and rules, there's nothing concrete in the list you gave. They're kind of like, uh-huh, okay, and now what? <laughs> and and that's why it's such a process with a provider because for each person, the now what is going to be different, right? I'm sure for each person you sit down with, you're like, your now what for breakfast looks different from the next client's now what for breakfast. And then guess what? The next day, your now what can change. And it's just, it's it's open-ended. But again, that's where the food freedom comes in because that's where the body trust, the body attunement starts replacing that structure. But it's definitely overwhelming to start. For sure. I mean, we're talking about learning to trust your body, Yeah. right? It's, it's when like- When diet culture has said, you can't trust your body. You can only trust numbers, food labels, food macronutrient things. But I think about any relationship, okay? And this is what it is. You are ultimately, you were in a relationship with your dieting self, okay? And we can call that Ed or whoever, right? Name it. Call it something. Dieting self. And you kind of came to terms that like, uh, that relationship is terrible and I'm ready to break up with that relationship. I'm over it because it keeps telling me to trust it and I've been trusting it and I continue to be miserable. So I'm, I'm done by breaking up with you. And now you've started this other relationship with your new self, your healthy self, recovered self, whatever, name it, call it something. But guess what? You don't trust each other. Your body doesn't trust you. You don't trust your body. You don't trust signals, whatever it may be. There's no trust built. And it's really hard. Think about any new relationship that you've ever started where it's like, you'll be calling friends like this person hasn't texted me back. Like, what does this mean? Or what does this text message mean? They said this, do they mean this? Or they said they're going here. Should I believe that? Should I not? Like there's so many question marks in just our normal friendships or romantic relationships or with our kids, whatever. And so I think we're doing the same thing with our body. But the only way to really develop this relationship trust is by practice and by giving the opportunity to actually develop trust, which means that you're going to have to experiment with your body a little bit and your body's going to experiment with you a little bit. So it's going to send you signals and see if you honor it. 
And if you don't, then those signals might become confusing and you need to be able to honor these signals and putting trust in your body that it has your back. It's just going to take time. It isn't, it isn't this really rigid system. It's, it's very, very gray, which I understand is so, so scary. So if someone is letting go of some of the structure and rules of dieting, and I get that a lot of the concepts we're introducing are more open-ended, are there any little concrete type homework assignments or any little other alternate structures that anyone could start exploring? Yeah. So I think that support is necessary, right? Because doing this alone is really hard. So obviously my first suggestion is working with a anti-diet weight inclusive dietitian that, you know, is really trained in this area. Um, But if that is not a resource for you, then possibly looking into some support groups or really some friends that hold the same value systems as you. Um, But what you would actually do, and I have talked about this a little bit earlier, but what you would do with a dietitian is really you know, kind of explore what's going on. And so this, these, these little tiny structures could be something along the lines of like building a foundation around food. So eating consistently, eating that macro balance, um, you know, making sure that you're hydrated. What, what would your movement look like? Um, how do you make meals again? Uh, what do you even like to eat? What don't you like to eat? What are things that you typically crave? Do you like dessert? Do you let yourself have dessert? What is your family like? There's so many angles here that are like really tangible things. And a lot of them are really just questions, right? And so I think, again, it's like getting to know yourself, getting to know your body, learning these signals. It's all really important. And it first starts with these really open-ended questions. Another important angle is honoring your body, but we have to ask questions to our body. We have to check in with our body. And so one awareness point is going to be learning our hunger and fullness. Now, I know we had talked about the different types of hunger in an earlier episode. And so that might be really helpful to go back and kind of see, but there's also those angles of logical, emotional, and physical fullness. And so it's really tapping into what is my body telling me? Am I hungry? Am I full? Am I neutral? And when do I honor those signals? And what does that sound and look like? And so really the first step in really building this connection is coming in with curiosity and awareness. So creating the space and time to be able to check in with your body and get to know these signals. I feel like it's like the, the kid that cried wolf where like, you know, the kid's like, there's a wolf up here. And, you know, we all know that story, right? The kid's lying. And then eventually when there was an issue, blah, 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 whatever. And so this is kind of what's happened to your body. Your body has been like, I'm hungry, I'm full. And you're like, I don't care. I'm following the instruction manual. And eventually the signals get really confusing. The volume knobs are all tweaked. No one's on the same page or communicating the same language. But what ends up happening with this slowdown, this awareness building, this curiosity is that eventually you start speaking the same language as your body. Your body's been speaking one language all along and you've been reading the instruction manual and no one's lining up. But what ends up happening is you're like, oh, wait, I understand that a little bit more. 
okay. I don't know if I can speak it, but I can kind of hear it and try to listen to it a little bit more. And then eventually that trust is built. You start recognizing hunger, fullness signals. You start trusting it. And then eventually you and your body are on the same page, speaking the same language, and you can really start to move forward in this body attunement piece. I like the simplicity of going, there's hunger and there's fullness and your body's trying to talk to you. And how can you kind of just go back to some of those basics? All right. To close up, I'm going to briefly touch on weight because I know people are saying like, okay, I'm going to give up dieting. I feel fine. I can have food freedom, but, but major, but only if my weight doesn't change. Right. And like, yes, yes. Like, can you promise me my weight's not going to change? And you're like, no, 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 that's still the diet mentality, though. And you know what I say? I say, no, there's no promising. I have no magic wand to know what your body's going to do. And here's where the full surrender comes in and the body trust comes in. And this is why I say I literally could talk to people for years and years and years and years and years about this because so much stuff comes up as we start to really dive deeper into the core concepts. And so- Briefly, I'm going to say weight is a symptom, not an action, right? And so a lot of times, let's say you started dieting at a young age, people really lock onto this body shape, body number, or the fact that like they've really never let their body come to a really peaceful place, to a place that it's supposed to be. They've always tried to micromanage it and control it. And so what typically is going to happen is that there is going to be body change through this recovery process, through this diet rejection process that may mean weight gain. It may mean that your weight stays the same, but your body shape changes, right? Like, I just don't know, but I think it's recognizing that the weight, the body changes, this is all a symptom of something bigger. And so if the something bigger is the fact that you're engaging in more body connection, you're having a better relationship with food and movement and your body, that the change is needed. The change is a positive, even though it may feel uncomfortable. There's no way that you've like permanently damaged your metabolism, right? Your metabolism is working because it needs to work for you to survive and your heart to pump and your lungs to breathe and your body to flow blood. But what a lot of people forget is that you've been engaging in dieting for 10, 20, 30 years. There's no way that your body is going to be the same as 30 years ago. It's you're going to be a different shape, different size, different muscle structure. And so it isn't that your metabolism is changed. It's that, or that it's damaged. It's that you got older, right? And so your body, your hormones, all the things I stated before it's changed and and that's okay. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be something therapeutically to work through, but it, it is very normal. Another angle is coming into the science piece is that typically labs and, you know, kind of this health aspect. um, A lot of people say like, well, I've been doing this for a year and now my labs, my blood work is showing signs of abnormalities and I've never had abnormalities. And it's like, yeah, your body has been in a starvation state for X number of years. And now you're actually opening it up and your body has changed. And so 
it research does show that within the first year or two of this kind of diet rejection that things are going to be all wonky but really within that two to five year post period is when things start improving and I know that sounds like a really really long time but when we talk about the scheme of how long you've actually been dieting it really is pretty short and so my, my encouraging statement to you is if you are in the process and you're a little discouraged, just keep at it. Your body knows how to do this. It is going to respond and, 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 and dieting is really going to be the, the culprit in a lot of these health issues. But if you, if you just give it space and time, your body knows exactly what it's doing and how to take care of you. I think uh, Tina's scientific term of wonky is a great way to just wrap this all yes. up. When you let go yeah, of wonky. decades of structured nutrition and dieting, everything will feel very wonky. And that does not mean you're doing anything wrong. As we wind up, I want to kind of go back to the concept of how this dieting fit into your life in a way that felt comforting. So I think a journal prompt I would love for people who are listening and relate to this to maybe do is how has a dieting food structure been reliable when life is unreliable or nutrition is overwhelming and what steps you need to take to look at letting go of having food and nutrition be your structure and increasing self-care or introspection in order to develop a new sense of mindfulness and emotion regulation. So hopefully that helps you kind of continue to figure out what to do next if you are trying to let go of dieting. Well, thank you again for listening and we will see you next time. That's a wrap on this episode of the Bite Size Education Series, and we hope this new information provides you with a more critical lens when you hear mainstream diet culture messaging. You can connect with us on social media, on Instagram, at Podcast, and feel free to email your own listener questions to momjeansthepodcast at gmail.com. If you loved the episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and recommend the episode to a friend. Sending you the inner strength to accept your jeans with a G and wear the jeans with a J. Bye. This episode of Mom Jeans was produced and edited by Rachel Coleman and Tina LaBoy. Just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice. Thank you to Jerry DePizzo for the music production. You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at momjeansthepodcast and join the Mom Jeans the Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mom Jeans. See you next time.